This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode does not contain any spoilers, but does mention Gossip Girl, Charmed, Roswell, Xena, The Mortal Instruments, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. For full list, please see show notes. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing, this is Fearless, the series by Francine Pascal. We are discussing books one and two. Uh, Book one is called Fearless. Book two is called Sam. And we have our own Sam in our life. But we are not talking about that Sam. We're talking about this Sam. Uh... Jess had a very interesting experience with these books, and that is how we are going to start. Um, Jess and I got on this, and we were talking about the book, and I said that I have been trying since I was in grade school to get someone to read these books, and the person, fucking Margaret, came back (laughs) and said, "Uh, I don't like this book. The only part that I like are the diary entries, at which point Jess looked at me like I had six thousand heads just why is that i okay so i read this through the ebook so uh, additional backstory laura when she moved back to the states she's like i'm going to get all these all my childhood books that i lost during a flood i want them again she didn't get them before she moved over to germany because why are you going to get all these things that when you're moving everybody knows that usually when you move you purge i digress so then she has all the hard copies, the hard physical copies. And I go, you know, I usually for the podcast, I do a lot of the books through like ebooks, which is great because I highlight, I make all my notations. It's easy for me to find what have you. But I learned through the ebooks that the formatting is everything's in Times New Roman. And then there's a bolded, it's not chapter numbers. It's just like a bolded headline. So I was very confused because even in some of my notations, I, I had made little notes saying like, oh, this is so interesting because the pronouns are going in and out. The pronouns are going from third person to first person. And that which point I go, you know, at some point, you know, I was picking up context. So I understood who who we were in the first person for. And that's kind of how we had this conversation started. Laura and I, right before we started recording, we were like, well, this is what the format looks like in in the physical copy, here's what the ebook looks like. And I also, because I was just running short on time, I was driving, but still want to maximize, wanted to maximize the time I was in the car. I wound up downloading the audio version for what I would, and like shout out to Lizzie Evans. She narrates the series. Um, we love her so much. Um, she doesn't, she, she's basically reading it as the ebook version. I felt because Laura is showing me the formatting with the physical copies and there's different headlines. If it's in first person, there's different POVs that are very right up front. There's different diary entries that are in different fonts that aren't clear with both the audio or the ebook. So it was a completely different experience to the point where Laura goes, wait. You just lost like 80% of the context of the whole thing. So here I was reading the first two books 
with a completely different pretense. So we're going to see how this episode goes. It's at the end of the day. <laughs> it is. It is fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. So, okay, these came out in 99. So the first one came out in October 99. The second one came out in November 99. Like, she bam, 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 bam with these. I have the physical copies uh, right here. And the formatting, I am shocked to my fucking core about this because the formatting <laughs> is so important. It's so important. It sets the tone. It really sets it uh, as kind of like... um like a gritty New York, edgy, sad, lonely teen, like writing in her diary, very angsty, like doesn't know what to do with her feelings, putting it all out there. We also have Ed uh, in there too. We have Sam too. And through those diary entries, we get like the background story and like why these people are feeling that way. And like, I cannot imagine you trying to like parse that out and be like, well, what the fuck is this? And where does this go? I'm just shocked to my core at the disregard of how important the formatting was. Yeah. I, I, I have nothing. I wish there was a different way to i really wish there was a different way to explain it because i mean i was showing you my text to go this is all times new roman where yours was clearly like different from between times new roman and typewriter font and then even like the begin i say chapters because they're they're not chap they're not numbered chapters they're headline chapters it reminded me also kind of like how live journal was that online journal that you just kind of put all your feelings out there based on the physical copy that you showed me um, with the different fonts and your coding and all this, you know, crazy stuff um, where you would just share that with the world. And that's kind of the type font that was depicted or kind of an inside to what you were going to get into the next chapter. But it didn't read like that for me. Those headlines and sub like sub headlines and the two sentences after, I just thought, Okay, this is just a standalone three sentence chapter. Some books do that in formatting, and then I would go on to the next. Which is just such a detriment to like your experience. And like, obviously, I'm very upset that you had that experience because it's so shitty. So, like, I'm looking at just an example from the first one, uh, and it, it does. There is like a sentence or two, and then it has like a, a title. This one I'm looking at is Bitch Queen. And then you turn the page, and then it's, it starts. Uh, and then you get to find that little excerpt in this little chapter and it kind of breaks it up that way. And I love it so much. And there are phrases and sentences and single words that are um, like bold or in a different text to kind of like highlight the feeling or like the setting or like what's important in that situation. And it is like that on, you know, almost every page. Yeah, I, I, I have it held up to the screen now, mm-hmm. so we probably will show it, you know, on yeah. like our socials or something. But my what I thought it would say, like, chapter meeting Sam Moon. And then the next two sentences was were rain plastered thick, dark cords of hair to his forehead. Now that uh, now that it was no longer perfect, she could see it was beautiful. And that was it. That That's it. And now I go into the next chapter. That's how it was formatted for me. That is just awful. You really miss. You miss so much of it that way. So I feel like I even like lost out on that like angsty experience, like high school experience that I was supposed to get out of it. I mean, it was still there because I have lots of thoughts, at least from the parts that I comprehended now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So what we are going to do is Jess has already. (laughs) (laughs) She's already like kind of staked out her claim on the on on the 
listing that she wants um, for the physical books, because obviously the physical books are superior here. I will be damned if you can buy these physical books in a bookstore. I just do not think so. But if you can, more power to you. Uh, I've got the originals. Uh, they have the originals have I'm going to put it like way up here. <laughs> Alloy.com here. So if you know what that is, let us know because let's be <laughs> friends. Uh, let's okay, but I do I do want to talk about these books, but I do want to give context. So um, I read these when I was a child. I mean, middle school child. I don't care if that dates me. That is important because you need to know that any criticism of this book. Any or this whole kind of series, any criticism, anything that is just like, ooh, weird or ooh, sensitive or like, ooh, I don't like that. When I was a middle school child, I ate this shit up. There was no problems here. I cared about nothing. Everything was perfect. I, I cannot tell you. It is like, obviously, as an adult, like the rose colored glasses are off. Like I see the issues, but like as a middle school child, and that's what this audience was. Yeah. Well, that's Francine Pascal in general, because the same time that these were coming out and she was also writing like other series, including Sweet, like like the 15 millionth spinoff of Sweet Valley High, which was like Sweet Valley Confidential. And I think we've discussed this on previous episodes. Like that was my shit. I can get through those books and like I, at the bookstore every couple of days because I was just eating it up. I mean, granted, now we know that that series particular, she brought on some ghostwriters and that's out there that's public knowledge like we'll have things on the show notes i mean including ew.com did an interview and it was a q a with her so it's out there it's not like not a secret yeah but it's that same realm like she knew what the audience audiences wanted this is just this feels just very pre-gossip girl because in this series just like gossip girl new york is a character yeah, New York is a character and, you know, Gaia is a character and the way that Gaia interacts with New York is its own kind of like really special thing. That is also really special to me because the way that Gaia describes like getting donuts in New York and like the, the like forced like uh, face blindness and like the, um, anonymity that you can keep there is just like so special and like something that I crave kind of sometimes having lived in small towns for a long time. Um, but stuff like that is just like so important. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But, um, so for context, Loved these as a child, still love them as an adult, but I see the issues. But everything that happens in these books is exactly what I wanted and um, like would strive for, right? Like would strive for because Gaia as a character is the perfect like special doesn't want to be special. Be pretty doesn't know she's pretty. Uh, all, all the tropes. Oh, yeah. I... I <sighs> She's so fun and she's she's jaded from the world. She's angry at her parents. She I mean, we're still getting hinted. We're only, we're only going to cover books 1 and 2 in this episode. She we've only been hinted that her dad left her on like the worst day of her life. Like you so you already know, especially at that age. Um everything is just kind of compounded emotionally. And it's on top of that, she's, 
you know, with these people that she knew her dad worked with. She's assuming, like, you know, her dad's a huge, like, federal agent kind of thing, CIA. So he's been teaching her how to protect herself. Krav Maga knows six languages. Is You know, she doesn't have this. Um, she has a genetic mutation. She doesn't have, the like, the fear gene. So she even craves uh, bravery, she explains in the series, because her mom has it. Her mom, like... When you have a fear and you push past that fear for the sake of whatever, you know, whatever the reason is, there's a sense of bravery. So she she says she'll never know what that what it means to be brave, because to her, it's it's nothing because she doesn't even understand, like can conceptualize the feeling of what it means to be brave, what it means to be fearful, what it means to not have a certain ability. She knows what the proper societal response is supposed to be. But that doesn't mean that she inherently understands like certain gut feelings. That's a perfect way to start because I reread the first like couple chapters um, of the first book uh, before we started just to like kind of get back in Guy's headspace. And I just love it because she is starting a new school, right? It's like fall in New York. She's starting a new school and she's like, I'm going to change my mindset about this first day. Fuck it. This is this is just normal day. And and like she knows she's been through the foster care system since she was 12. Like she is 17 now. She knows she knows that her name is unique. She knows that when the teacher mispronounces it, that the kids are going to start laughing like this. And she she knows how to work all of it. Right. So she appreciates the predictability of of the like high school experience. And I do really appreciate that. And I really, really, really have a soft spot for Ed. Ed is so... Okay, so I, maybe we should go through the character, like some of the key characters, I guess. So you have um, Gaia, who's the main character in the series. I, I At least the first two books, I'll say. I don't know about the, the series. Um, Laura can confirm or deny that. <laughs> You have Ed, who is um, who who befriend they kind of befriend each other. He really befriends her because she's very much a you know I'm a strong independent woman. I don't need this shit. She, I mean, she dumbs herself to, to the point. Gaia dumbs herself down so she doesn't have to work. She's like, I'm going to work smarter, not harder, because I her intellect has already surpassed everything. So why is she going to work harder in school? Um, she she's done all she's basically finished high school before she was 10 based on like how her dad brought her up um you have ed you have i'm gonna say marco because i feel like he's a pivotal point to keep the story going with the bad guys because he's considered a bad guy he's the first attacker of gaia that we meet he does eventually spoiler he does eventually get killed then there's sam um and then there's this girl Heather, and we'll get more into Heather because I have like back and forth thoughts. There's um we meet Gaia's legal guardians, George and Ella. They are like engaged, married, but the thing is they have a background with working with her father as like as colleagues back in the day, however, whatever day that is. Um, you have her father, Tom Moore. He's a federal agent slash CIA. And basically with the context clues, you, you know, you know, Katia, her mother, um, that's her mom. She's not really in this, but I have a feeling that that'll play out later. And I think like, and then there's a bunch of bad guys. Yeah. And there, yeah, there's like very, various bad guys, various bad guys. Okay. So those are kind of pretty much the characters for the first two books, which is perfect. So that those are the ones we're covering. Okay. Okay. So 
We start fearless. So I have here uh, 1999 October. Ed, Sam, and Gaia are our points of view. The, the and those points of view are given to us through the diary entries, which I know nothing of. <laughs> you, you like you read them. You just don't I have them. Like, yeah, but like understanding the context more or less. Now, well, yeah. I do. What we we'll get into. We'll, it. we'll get it. Okay. So we have Gaia. Um, Gaia's mom murdered. Gaia is 17. She hasn't seen her dad since she was 12. Gaia is Jewish. She's a black belt. Four languages strong, fast. She has energy. She's blonde. She does not have the fear gene. And important, after she has like attacks and stuff, she blacks out. She has like a pure blackout after she uses up all of her energy. It's like an energy surge when she's attacking. Right. And the way that she explains it is that like a mother and like we're not scientists here. Like we're not, <laughs> we're not getting into we're not, this. We're yeah. not, we're not talking about that. I'm just relaying to the audience how Gaia explains it. She says that because she doesn't have fear, she can use like all of those aspects of her body that like, for example, um, when a mom has to lift a car off of her kids, she has that like surge of strength to do that. But then, like, after, like, she breaks her arms and stuff. It's kind of the same for Gaia. She uses, she doesn't have the fear, so she can use all of that energy. But then afterwards, she's just, like, totally spent. So that is her weakness. She says, like, everybody has, like, a weakness, and this is hers. I do like that we get that weakness, like, right up front, so that whenever uh, Gaia has an interaction that's kind of always in the back of our heads, like, don't push it. Yeah, if because if she because that's the thing, it's not just if you attack or if she fights or if she protects. It's an immediate um, blackout situation. It just depends on how she's exerted. Yeah, yeah, and just like what is going on, uh, and she so Gaia like spends her time trying to avoid Ella. Uh, and George and she goes to Washington Square Park and we have lots of descriptions of Washington Square Park like the art it's all there the fountain and um, she just like beats up people in Washington Square Park I got such when I was a child and now Buffy vibes here like the park is just her cemetery and she is just going on patrol Yep, no, that's that's what she is because you in in a way it's set up that she's the vigilante, right? <laughs> she her, her father has brought her up to say like you're never going to attack first, but you will finish the fight. Um and you will, I mean she says the line that she's like, you know, she'll like go on patrols when she's on edge. She's like, "Come on, somebody like attack me first so I can just make you wish that make you second think ever." attacking somebody again it's the same reason why i love krav maga is you know i would tell my uncle i I love the idea that krav maga isn't not isn't just self-defense like it's you're you're supposed to incapacitate somebody else it's not just about like get away no you're supposed to fuck them up and i like that because it's also like now you'll think again i want you to be unsuspecting and if you're gonna like be upset about it be upset at your own self very well said. Fuck Which those. is why, like, Gaia, Gaia guys. is very... But that's that's what Gaia does here. She's like, oh, she says that. She mm-hmm. says, maybe it'll make them think twice before they go ahead and attack another woman or attack somebody else. And if they hesitate just once, then that's enough for me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so she she does do that. That is, you know, she, she has that. She has that. Uh, the Roswell reference here. Did you catch it? <laughs> I did. I started highlighting. I, I mean, there were a lot of references that the show. I I put this in quotes. 
the show about the witches on the WB. That was charmed. There's a Dawson's Creek reference, a Roswell, and Xena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are like yep. the four key ones that I remember. And then, of course, like they have other references um, in regards to location that are very dated because when even when they mentioned Dean and DeLuca doesn't exist anymore. That mm-hmm. closed. They addressed Pat Field. Um, for those who don't know, Patricia Field is this designer. She did the whole thing for Sex and the City. She was the costume designer. She was a vintage collector. She had her own store. And fun fact, she would go like to Goodwills and stuff in South Florida and bring those one-of-kind pieces back and mark them up as vintage. <laughs> That's typically how she got it. But she's, she's very... She's, she's still wonderful. So... Um, but her shop closed too there. But there was a lot of little references where I was just like, wow, this is so cool. Like, it is, I mean, it's your time traveling for sure. Because when you're reading this, um, I know that if I read this when I was younger, I would have been like, it's glamorizing New York and romanticizing it the way that I still do when I work here. So yeah, just, oh my gosh, as a child, as a child, my gosh, this just would have been if I was so close, if I were so close to New York as a child, I would have gone to this. I, I like all these places, all these places. When you were rereading it um, before we get back into it, because she mentions a lot of places. Were you when you were rereading it for the podcast, were you thinking about, oh, my God, McDougal? Oh, my God. We always ended up there at our like at our pub crawls or like there's like I mean, if just look up McDougal, it's changed a lot. But at the same time, you have Palm Free, you have two dollar pizza, one dollar beer. Wicked Willie's is over there. The Bitter End. Like there's a lot of staple places. If you're just kind of roaming the area, McDougal and just like the village in general, like that's where you see all those like Instagrammable New York City bucket list places, artichoke pizzas there, but that's that's just us. But <laughs> so fun. Uh, yes, I did, and I was also just like, gosh, I wonder if there's a map, you know, like 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 a solid, but like no, because no, like, who the fuck read this series? Like almost nobody. Like nobody <laughs> talks about this. It had a whole website. We'll get into it. Okay, uh, we'll get into it. Uh, back back to the book. Um, uh, Ed, sweet Ed. Ed is in a wheelchair. Uh, Ed was the first character that I read in like a oh, like a book series that I chose to read uh, that was in a wheelchair. And I have not read another one, I think, since. I feel like I've seen them portrayed on TV. Like you have Drake on Degrassi yeah. or you have like Kevin McHale. I can't remember. Oh, his name is Artie on Glee. Um, but I've only seen it i haven't read it yeah so i remember being like oh ed's in a wheelchair but i it, it was just like okay it's kind of like how gaia is it's like okay moving on well that's why he likes her so much because he says he goes oh my god i think like it's 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 not and it's not the whole sense of of oh my god she's being so mean to me i'm in love with her he liked that she it was more than that because he he says she's treating me like a person not that i am this person who is differently abled because i am in a wheelchair and that's when he like basically fell for her he's like he didn't give she didn't give a shit she was she was gonna be nasty to me one way or the other and i fucking love it and 
and you, that's like that's when he was like, I love this girl. I love this girl so much. <laughs> to be seventeen, like they're all seventeen. That's the thing. Like they're all seventeen. Oh my gosh! Big feelings. Big feelings. Big, big feelings. Big feelings. Uh, so Ed, uh, Ed, Ed is very persistent, and he follows Gaia to Washington Square Park, <laughs> and he sees her um, beat up a bunch of people, and he, like, throws himself into the fray. I was just like, Ed, what are you doing, sir? Um, but, like... He, like, runs them down. He yeah. That. And one of her flashbacks, when she's, like, blacked out from using up all her energy, she goes, I see two silver wheels whizzing by <laughs> She's like, what? What is happening? It's amazing. And I, I love that. I just, I love Ed's character. I love that. I, I just love all of it. Uh, he's just, he's just wonderful. Uh, because he's just like, what the fuck? Like, what, what is, what is this? It, I, it's just a very, like, genuine reaction. Cause he really thought that he was coming in to, like, save her and her, um, her, like, mental, um, conversation that she's having is just like I love Ed. He's I want to hug him. Like he did try. Like how brave he was. It was very. I want to kill him. Aww. Bless his heart. But no. yeah. But like no. Like you made it <laughs> trying to help. You made it so much worse. It is so much worse now. And you know men do that. Um, so fun. It's about this point in the first book where we start getting our first surveillance emails. Um, these are from L to I think E L J. And this is the the point in the book where I was just like, this is like some alias type shit. This is this is where we're getting we're getting some government type shit. What is going on? Well, and they're referring to her as a subject. So, you know, she, you know, so, you know, she's being followed. You know, what's something deeper. Why is she being followed? Um, I mean, there's maybe maybe it's because we're older, but there is like, you know, I know I speculated that, like, OK, her father left. There was a reason her father left and she's being watched. So we think around this time, I suspected that her father was CIA. Um, you also obviously know it because she mentions the CIA. You know, he worked with it with George, but it was probably around this time that made me think, OK, this is. The guy, somebody behind the email has to be her father because in one of the emails, they even say, under no circumstances is she to be harmed. Yeah. She, yeah. So that's like, okay. So her father's involved in what some capacity. I don't know. It's so fun. Uh, we get, we get, see, this is where we get more journal entries. And see, I'm just <laughs> like, looking, I'm just looking at my notes and, and it's just, because the second book, Sam, is very sexual in nature, just like how it goes. But this first one we have, um, Gaia is a virgin. And she says that she is like weirdly stunted at age 12. Like her life ended at age 12. So she just doesn't have any of that like socialness or those feelings or like an outlet. She doesn't know what to do. Except when she sees Sam, like Sam gives her little flutters and she's like, I don't know what this is. But because her her entries are very much like, I've never been kissed. What is wrong with me? And I like how that that's quickly transitioned into book two, where she's like, this is the end of my life. I at least want to be I just at least want to kiss a boy. Like I really, you know, every time you think of something like, oh, have I have I done all the things that I've wanted to do in life? She's like. No, no, I want to kiss somebody, yeah. like, and whatever that means. Yeah, she's like, no, no, I haven't. Damn. Uh, Fearless the band. We love we love a band. It's a very Mortal Instruments band. We love say, it. You reminded me of the Mortal Instruments. <laughs> so 
It's just like, it's in New York too. You're just like, there's another one. Another one. Thank you. Amazing. We love it. Um, have you ever been to an awkward high school party? Haven't we all? Oh my God. I was dying for her. Oh, it was so bad. And, uh, well, I mean, okay. So it's awkward because she's invited to this party. This girl doesn't like her, even though it's not the girl's fucking party. The girl is Heather. Um, but to backtrack a little bit more, um, we know that Gaia hangs out in the park. Gaia has befriended. I, if anybody is, if anybody's from New York or tri-state area, um, who know, who's a, just familiar with Washington Square Park, there are people, they have chess boards. You can play chess. It's this whole thing. So Gaia has befriended the regulars who play chess at Washington Square Park, but she's always seen from a distance this boy that like makes her, her stomach and her heart go like pitter patter and and at one point, you know, you get into the series where she wa- he walks into the diner that she's at and she's and he has a girlfriend. The girlfriend's name is Heather. And uh, and Gaia accidentally spills coffee on her and the outfit's all white, even though it's post Labor Day. But like, fuck social uh, fashion norms. But again, this was 99. So maybe not so much then. Um and she was just, like, shocked. She couldn't believe it happened. She knew she should be apologizing. But she's also jealous of this girl who's with the boy that she liked. And it was a whole thing. So fast forward to the party. The girl shows up at the party. And the girl is like, what the fuck are you doing here? You didn't apologize. You spilled coffee on me. Not only did that happen, Gaia also called her a bitch under her breath. And the girl didn't do anything except date the boy that she likes. So many people have been there where somebody is dating the person that you want to be dating instead. Okay. So guy is like, you know what? Forget it. I'm out. This is not not my cup of tea. Um, guy leaves. Ed follows after her. You find out later. And, um, but she doesn't know that. Um, and now Heather's mad like, Got this, the new girl has everybody's attention at school. She has her boyfriend's attention. She has, you find out that X is Heather's ex-boyfriend. So now she had, now Gaia has her ex-boyfriend's attention. Who's this girl? She's getting a little, I want to say insecure, but there, there's just like high school. I don't even want to say frenemies. They do not get along well with each other at all. Yeah. They, they, mm, yeah. I have a lot of issues. I have a lot of issues between book one and book two. Not in a bad way, but in a... I went... uh, I feel like it's its own thing. We'll continue. Heather, I totally understand Heather. I went to high school with girls like Heather. You just want to punch him in the fucking face. Um, Heather... Wait! (laughs) No, Heather is a piece of shit because... And she admits that she's a piece of shit because of the way that she treated Ed. Um, Ed, you know, they broke up and she just kind of... She couldn't do it. And it was just like this whole situation. And they are still like friends, but in a weird kind of way. And they do not hang out. They do not associate. And they are in like drastic different like circles. But like Ed was Heather's first love and like they lost their virginity to each other. It's like this whole thing. But and her parents were involved saying like you need to break up with him mm-hmm. because because you, you find out with one of Heather's entries that her they're like, you are too young. You do not need to be devoting your life to somebody who is just differently abled, like permanently. Mm-hmm. And she goes, we had this great love. 
there, I guess there, I, I'm still trying to understand the payout for his accident because I initially thought it was like a surfing accident, but I don't think that's the case. Um, oh, Ed, Ed's yeah. accident. He was going down a hill on his skateboard and the skateboard wheel came off. Okay. So that was the settlement because he was like, He's like he they, the company settled and his aunt was a lawyer yeah. and that's why they were spending like, the summers in the Hampton. Yeah. Right. OK. So but to go back to Heather, Heather even says, like, we had this great love that I will one day write a novel about mm-hmm. and make millions because it was like everything you could um, you could hope to have in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So she she has like. All of that. So Heather is a very, like, interesting, complex character. And you also find out, like, later the conversation that she has with her sister in book two is just like, um, but this, like, awkward party situation where Ed, like, kind of puts her in her place, like, Heather, this isn't your party either. And, like, that whole thing was just like, oh, my God, I know this girl. Because that's the popular girl, Mm -hmm. even though it's not her party. Nobody wants to upset and everybody's, like, tiptoeing around and nobody. I mean, her friends were clearly not really her friends. It was kind of like a Gretchen Wiener situation where it's better to be around the person who could kind of control your social, st- you know, if that, if that's the, I mean, keep in mind, it was 99. That was still a huge focus. I don't know how high school is anymore. God, I hope it's not like I hope that. It's better. I hope it's so much better. Um, but I mean, it it might be from like feedback that I've heard from friends who are high school teachers. They were like, I could not have walked these halls the way these kids are celebrating each other. Like it, it's so I mean, but it also depends on the area that you're in, I'm sure, too. Very true. Very true. I would think it has to. It has, to. It, has to it has to. OK, we're up to my favorite scene. My favorite scene is Sam and Gaia playing chess in the rain. I fucking love this scene. I want to see it on like camera. I, I want to see it. I want like music. I want like a buildup of music. I want po- rain just pouring down. I want them just like soaked to the bone and like eyes looking, longing, eyelashes, all of that. I just, it's the drama. It's the drama that you know is that, and you, you see it more obviously in book two that. They just have this invisible line pulling, line, string, whatever, keeping them connected. They don't know what. I have a speculation of something, um, but they're connected and everybody knows it. I mean, you see it in book two. Heather even says, fuck this they she cuz Heather in in book 2 um Gaia and Sam are just chilling on the bench not touching not talking they were really awkward and Heather sees it from far away and she's to, like and she's like this is more intimate than if i caught them kissing like yeah. this is i can see my boyfriend falling in love with this other girl another person who's just enamored by her and she's 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 such like she loves sam sam's like a sophomore at nyu she's you know in high school so of course there's like the older boy you know fascination um and but she she loves him and she's like i see everything happening right in front of me and to heather's defense there were certain things that um Gaia does that are questionable because now she blatantly knows that he has a girlfriend and she continues certain pursuits. 
Yes. And they both like kind of circle around the park with each other being like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, maybe I'll see her. Maybe I'll see, maybe I'll see them. Maybe they'll be there. You know, but I just, it is so deeply high school, big feelings. I just love it so much. I love it so much. Cause like, yeah. Why wouldn't you like hang around the place where maybe you might see your crush and like, it might be weird, but like maybe you saw him and like, that's kind of cool. Like, ah. <sighs> Yeah, like the butter. This the butterfly. It's yeah. the uncertainty. Yeah, because I don't think anybody was t- like. I think this book. Yeah, because they were they. T- uh, there was a line that Sam was like calling his best friend who was at Stanford, and he goes, "Oh, I had like a, a really long cord or something." So like it, it was one of the long phone lines. So he was able to just kind of pace around the room, um, or. Gaia had said she called the dorm. So like you knew, I don't, I don't know how it is now. If you, if that's still excitement of not knowing that they're going to be there because of phones or texts and social media and you track people. Everybody has like different capabilities, but there, there has to be this excitement that comes from. And even when they do see each other, it's like, do you want to sit? Do you want to play chess? Do you, do you just want to go for a walk? Do you? It's the awkwardness that makes it also kind of exciting because there's big feelings that nobody is addressing. Especially in this scene, too, because like they're both chess masters, which is just like super fun to me. But they're both chess masters and they're both like looking at the game. They're both like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. They're, she's really good. They're both, this this is like, this is hot. Well, he says the thing about his three. He goes, Usually, usually I do the three moves and I'm good. Yeah. Like, what? what? He talks about he was speci- he has a specific order. And when he's even talking to his best friend, like, and you go to book two, um, he's talking to his best friend about her and he goes, yo, she might be as good as me. <laughs> and his friend was so excited for him. He's he goes, like, then what? what are you questioning? He's like, then why are you questioning anything? No wonder, no wonder you're hyped up over her. So the plotline that we haven't really addressed in book one, because we're almost at the end of it, is that there are slashers in the park and Ella is fucking Marco. And there's like a whole convoluted plot here. And like Ella's reporting to someone. And it's it's this whole situation. Uh, Love this. Uh, Marco and his gang have like razor blades and they're like slashing people. And Gaia's big, Gaia's big moment here is that she knows that there are slashers in the park. It's like a general kind of knowledge, but she's like quite aware. She saw some and she's walking out of the park and she sees and, and like she sees Heather and she and Heather is kind of a bitch to her. And Gaia's like, you know what? Fuck you then. And walks out. Well, she was going. She was going to. She tell. was going she, to. And that's and because there's a constant inner monologue of her when people. Okay, so there's slashers in the park. Heather, you know, Gaia doesn't have any fear, so she's always looking for a fight. She's capable. So for her, she goes, "I can be out in the park. This is fucking fine." Um, and she sees Heather, and she goes to warn Heather, "Hey, there's people in the park." I saw something shiny, so she's assuming it's a razor blade because somebody had a razor blade the night before. Um, and she goes to tell her. She t- goes to tell her this. And Heather goes, fuck you. You're a bitch. Leave me the fuck alone. And, and, um, and Guy goes, bet. Fine. You don't want my help. I, and then she even has it. She was like, if there's anybody who fucking deserves it, it's her. It's, her. and I'm like, mm, I have, I, and, and, you know, and, 
you know, flash forward, Heather gets slashed. She gets hurt. She's in a coma. She goes into the hospital and she has a constant inner dialogue. Uh, Gaia has a constant inner dialogue of monologue of I should have said something. I'm going to let everybody think this awful thing. I, I didn't really mean that she deserved it. This just also looks really bad for me because I'm the person that keeps showing up when bad things happen very much like Buffy where she's very like, much like me Buffy. again <laughs> I, there's a big and really the only person who believes her is her friend Ed because like mm-hmm. he's seen it now it's I don't even want to say the pink elephant in the room they just have this agreed upon thing I'm not going to ask you questions you're not going to ask mm-hmm. me questions we're both badasses and we're going to be friends Gaia did tell Heather's friends though is the thing Right. And that's where things get kind of shifty. That's like her guilt. She's like, well, I did tell them, but like, I thought that Heather deserved it. And like, and like, I didn't tell her and I should have and she got it. Um, So that was like, that's the the guilt thing that leads to Gaia's like very sad, like sad moment. Right. And then to the hospital confrontation. Which I thought was very good. It's a very, I hate you, I hate you, elevator closing. It's very dramatic. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. I imagine <laughs> that would be a Grey's Anatomy scene. Oh, yeah. The elevators are their own character okay. in Grey's oh, yeah. Anatomy. Okay. So, like, dramatically getting into an elevator after being yelled at in a hospital and being like, I hate you, I hate you, you're Gaia, you're Sam, you're the boyfriend, like... Ah, you know, a big everything's so dramatic. I mean, big feelings, big feelings, young kids, big feelings, but big feelings in that hospital. Uh, a lot of shit happens in that hospital. Uh, Sam is not a good boyfriend in that hospital at all, at all, at all. But no. it works in our favor for Miss Gaia, and I do like that. Um, Sam has you were talking about Sam talking to his friend. Sam's one of Sam's diary entries, um, and I. I bring it up now because I brought up Gaia's. Gaia, I said earlier, says that she was stunted at 12 years old because of what happens to her. We have a little input of Sam's life here. And we learn that Sam was like a big old dork. And his parents were like really worried about him. But his life kind of turned around at 12. And his life started at 12. So like Gaia stopped and like Sam started. So that's like... They're, they're like, you know, like parallels. Um, Sam is older than Gaia, but I don't give a single shit. And um, Heather is 18. And that's important because they fuck in the next book. But Heather is 18. Zoloff gets slashed, right? Zoloff is one of the, regu- the regular chess uh, players. Chess hustlers. So, and he's like a very man. He, he calls her C&D. C&D. We, we love him. He's very sweet. Um, and, and he knows that Sam kind of has like a thing for Gaia and he like kind of, yeah. But, uh, Sam and Gaia get into a big fight over like Zoloff being slashed. And w- one of my favorite parts is Sam and Gaia start like hair pulling and her inner dialogue is like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I am a, <laughs> I can, what do, I'm pulling his hair. Uh, I just really like that. Um, but they end up in a very like serious fight and they, both of them, Sam and Gaia and Zoloff, all get sent to the hospital um, and Ella kills Mar- Marco and that is the end of that book. But I need to talk about the hospital because Sam's not a good boyfriend in the hospital. Uh, he goes and he goes and he sees Gaia in the hospital, which is a scene that I see in my head very clearly because the way that Sam describes it is like he is not in love with Heather. Like that yeah. is very clear to us as the reader. And it is clear, I think, to Heather as well. 
Oh, yeah. I think that's where her insecurity starts and where you also see in book two where so at this point in book two, um, her her Heather and Sam have been together for six months. Um, They haven't slept together. And she has this whole proclamation of, I think I'm ready now, which I'm not I'm not upset about, like her saying like she wasn't ready or anything. Um, It didn't feel like she like it just came across of as I'm trying to have ownership of this person that I'm dating, not because I want this true connection. And some of the inner dialogue that you're seeing Sam have also more in book two is how you see Gaia's inner thoughts um, talking about not having a fear gene. He's talking about his inner thoughts of not having a certain certain emotions that Mm -hmm. he's connecting to. Yes. Yes. Um, And if we go back to Sam and Gaia in the hospital, Sam knows that Gaia's at the end of the hall and he's just like, as you said earlier, like drawn to her, right? Like totally drawn to her. Um, He goes to her hospital room and he sees that there's just like, he calls them like boy flowers, right? They're just boy, like boy flowers from Ed. They're just like carnations. Uh, and Heather had just like mountains and mountains and mountains of flowers. And Gaia is just like sitting there in the window. So she's very small and there isn't anybody there for her. And I, the scene is Sam just like looking at her being like, wow, wow. And basically realizing that he is in love with her, but being incredibly conflicted because Heather is just like right down the hall. Doesn't the nurse come in and yeah. she goes, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause he kisses her. They have a very sweet, very gentle, like brush kiss. Um, and the nurse comes in and is like, Oh, there you are. They're looking for you. Cheating son of a bitch. Uh, but that is how that first book ends. And then we will very, very quickly go through Sam because there isn't really a lot in Sam. Um, the, the people, Marco, um, and his, his people, cause Marco dies, but like Marco's people are working with Ella who are working with Loki. And that's just like a big situation and they have to kill Gaia. They want to kill Gaia and Gaia knows this and is like, well, I want to um, fuck before I die, and I want that to be <laughs> Sam. That's the plot for book two, because at this point, she's come to the realization that um, she's on a hit list. They aren't giving up, and she has gotten so close to death. Uh, one of the, I say CJ. CJ is like one of the hitmen, I guess yeah. you can say. Um, He's the, big, come, the main he, one here. Yeah, chasing her the whole time to the point where she dyes her hair to get lost in the crowd easier. Um but he, in such a rush of him constantly trying to unalive her, he's loaded the barrel. And this is, and this is what kind of triggered, no pun intended. And I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, her, I want to have sex before I die because I'm a virgin is because the barrel was loaded incorrectly and CJ did pull and nothing came out. She thought she was done. So now yeah. she's just a, I'm lucky if I live till Saturday. So Saturday's going to be when I want to have sex. <laughs> and that's kind yep. of, I feel like that was, that's kind of what drove her running from CJ and Ed being in love with 
Gaia thinking, hoping, praying that the person that she wants to have sex with is him. And then you have Sam who basically has both Heather and doesn't even realize Gaia like whopping around ready for Saturday. Either way, he was going to get laid on Saturday night and he's just doing stupid boy games. And he's like, oh, she's wearing something lacy. Oh, she's wearing something satin. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, the whole thing. That's basically 200 pages of will she or won't she get laid? Yeah, she doesn't. (laughs) Plot twist. She doesn't. (laughs) It's very unsatisfying for everybody. It's very she, upsetting. No, she walks in on him she having sex in. with his girlfriend and she leaves crying. And I'm like, girl, girl, like he has a girlfriend and you were still going to be like, but it's my dying wish. That's how she justified it to yeah. Ed. <laughs> Who's like, going to turn down a dying girl's wish? Well, and, and Ed, Ed is like, well, like, that's fucking crazy. But he's also like. Uh, but like, who would turn down at your? I wouldn't. But at this point, at, at one one of the many points in the second book, he's really thinking it's him. Yeah, hoping it's him. Hoping. And then Heather leads him to believe it is him. Just being mean. That was just <sighs> mean, Heather. You didn't have to do that. Uh, but you are right. You are right about everything. Um, Gaia vows to do two things. Find her dad and have sex with somebody. She's she's done, right? She's done with the bullshit. She's done with it. She just wants she wants to do all this stuff. I really love that. Um, <laughs> like I appreciate that. I the the fucking scene that stays in my head from this book in particular. There's two. The first one is when Gaia is in class and the teacher's like, Gaia, what are you thinking about? She's like, sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about having sex. What do you want me to say? And the teacher is like, get out. But you know, that's, <sighs> I get frustrated because she's like, she, she was honest. She goes, hello, hello, Earth to Gaia. And Guy goes, what? I, you know what? Honestly, I zoned out. I wasn't paying attention because who does, you know, who doesn't zone out after eight hours of back to back schooling? Mm-hmm. And so, she, you asked for an answer. I gave you an answer. And now the teacher's upset about what the answer was. I mean, granted, some of us learn to lie on our feet quicker than others, um, which I would have expected from a CIA agent's daughter. But she was just so over putting any effort into school because school isn't, it, it's not challenging. Why is she working? She already has decided she, Education isn't going to make a difference for her. The only thing she wants to know is multiplication so she can get her shit together for math so because she could be a server and travel across the country to different diners and meet different people and not have to worry about anything. Yep. She wants to be a waitress. Good call. That's a good callback. Let's talk about Heather's note. Heather's note makes me cringe. You just know that Sam was just like, Cool, 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 cool. Well, he, he that was his face because he's already come to realize he's in love with an entirely different person. But here he has his current like he know he even says, I know. I know that this is the right choice. This is the safe choice. This is who I should be with. But there's this other person and I can't explain it. Um, but here I have my current girlfriend telling me she's ready to like have sex with me and I should be the happiest dude in the world. And I'm conflicted. 
Yeah. The boy has the boy has like the worst problems, right? So bad. So bad. Uh he is diabetic. That is just like something that is thrown in there. Something that I love about Heather that I did highlight, it says that um when Heather sees them at the tables and she she's like aware, they're in love. She's aware. She goes, Gosh, I'm angry. I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act now. I'm gonna wait. I'm going to wait. What else comes to mind? What else comes to mind? She goes, she always waits for intelligence and cunning because those things uh, will get you farther than just being angry. And I love that about Heather. I was going to say she's very much a a Slytherin. Um, What I like about that part, I I thought this is what you were going to say. I enjoyed her walking up to them and being really confident. Hey, Mm y'all, what's going on? What's up? And she didn't even give them i'm not i'm not gonna make this easy for them and you have sam stuttering to, uh, well we were just uh, if there was nothing going on why mm-hmm. why are you acting this way and she was dead silent the entire time and i this is the part where like yeah heather was a bitch but also heather was in the right like even if they are falling in love like then you break then you break it off then you say like the relationship isn't there there's just different ways to handle a relationship and the how currently how Sam and Gaia are going about it is not my preferred way and i'll say that that it's for mine maybe it works for other people this is where i feel for heather i do i feel for heather but it's also like I don't feel for Heather just because I was bullied by somebody like Heather. It's just, it's just like, you know what? Like, right, right. Like, it's, that's where I say, like, she's a character that I'm very conflicted with because I was very much with Gaia of like, you fucking deserved it. And that, but that's also me as a person. Like, I, I don't, I, we've, I've said it here before. I'll say it again. I do not believe and I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy because then I don't think you have a worst enemy because I abs- if, if you are the worst person in my entire life, I absolutely would wish that on you. I don't care. My note says here, guys will be guying. That's Sam talking <laughs> to his friend. Guys be guying. I thought of stupid boy games. Stupid boy games. Stupid boy games. I, I do appreciate it, though. I do like that we get just like an unabashed guy perspective, right? Like, and he's removed. He's his best friend, but he doesn't know either of them. Mm-hmm. He, and he, but he was also, you know, like being a guy. He's like, well, what does she look like? Is she? But this is ugh, this is the part that I don't like. This is the part. Well, I don't like because it's guys be guying, and I have um, been on the receiving end of a pro con list, and I found said pro con list, and that did not. That was not fun um, because you're like you had to make a list about me to why you didn't know why, i was uh, to, and, to, and it wasn't like a, i was snooping he had it in his wallet and he told me hey can you grab me something out of my wallet and i did and the list was there like why and then again it's stupid boys get boys be boys why would you keep the fucking list when you're already together stupid boy games <sighs> stupid boy games uh, stupid boy games Heather Heather pulls her own stupid boy game she's lying to Sam uh, about being a virgin yeah. right we know I, I wondered it. that's that's where I was like wait because you don't I don't find that we as the reader don't find that out till after they've had sex so I was trying to pick up I go wait she goes I'm ready so I was like okay 
she's ready with him because everybody's timeline is different. But then when I get to the her talking about her and Ed being each other's first, I go, okay, so she's already had sex. But how come I took it initially as she was going to lose her virginity to him? Because he keeps saying that, too. And she mm-hmm. was just saying, like, well, I'm ready. Because everybody's timeline with everybody's partners can be different. Yeah. So that's why I was like, wait, did I? And maybe... Maybe it was because of my formatting thing that I didn't pick up on. Yeah, Heather Heather is not being honest here. She is not. She is not. But like, you know, she's in a bad situation. They each their own. Whatever. He's older than her. You know, I. Yeah, but she's could, still, she's like, legal. She's 18. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's 18. But it's not yeah. like a 1829 Wilmer Valderrama situation. No, he's he like just turned 20. It's like, yeah. it's like not it's not weird. It's like not a weird thing. But um, I. I don't know, like that that part, like lying about it to your older boyfriend to like that is a high school mindset thing. So like, what can I possibly, you know, like what can we say about it? that's a high school thing? That is, you know, that's that is not the female gaze. That is all the things. That is misogyny. That is all the things. That is all the things. But that is a high school thing. Um, so we have not talked about Thomas More. Thomas More is Guy's dad. He is on missions. He does things. He has people in charge. He is in New York. He cannot resist because he knows that Guy is in danger. Well, he, the way I took it as he was on his way to Beru, mm-hmm. and then he he was like, if I tap into these, like, secret, secret files that I have, like, on my secret government things, I know it's going to be a rabbit hole. And he comes across one email and that's when he was like we gotta reroute Mm -hmm. he was on his way to Beirut and then he was like we gotta reroute to New York we gotta go back across the Atlantic he's like I just need to see her I just need to see her just look at her no she's fine it'll be fine it'll be fine it's never fine no and she was not fine she was running around the city being shot at this whole book this whole thing by that time, and she's seen him twice at this point, because at first she goes, uh, he goes, I'm only going to see her once. And the first time she did a double take because she was like, no fucking way did I just see my father? Because she's been saying she wants, because again, she also thinks that she's going to die. So she goes, I want to see my dad one more time, even if I'm going to be angry. And then I want to have sex. So, so she, she thinks she just visualized it. Then the second time she sees him, well, he sees her first. He's like, oh, look at her making friends down in the village. Like, look at all these NYU dorms. Not realizing he's about to watch his daughter attempt to go get laid, which I'm sure is like really different for many parents to understand. I don't know. I would never want anybody to think, any of my family to think I've had sex. Um, And then he sees her come out sobbing. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck just happened? And then, ah, oh, now I'm thinking about Sam, how he has sex with Heather after seeing Gaia watch them have sex. And then he's like, peace to Heather. The second thing I laid. No, no, I'm going to stop you because I have the page number for that and I want to read it. Oh, okay. Perfect. Stop me. I'm going to stop you. So do we want to go back to Thomas? Oh, and then her dad is, well, basically her dad goes, I lost sight of my job and I started acting like a parent and then like all hell ensues. (laughs) All hell ensues. Uh, I talked about two scenes that really stuck with me in this book. Uh, The second one is this underwear scene between Heather and her sister. It's very 10 things I hate about you. Uh, she, uh, I believe her sister's name is Phoebe. And Heather is like, should I wear the green or the black? 
And her sister goes, well, the black is sexier, but the green is prettier. And she goes, okay, well, black it is. And it's just like, it's very 10 things I hate about you. It's very underwear. It's very, it's very, it's very. <laughs> um, but if we're going back to, because we're almost at the end of um, this book, Sam. But if we're going back to where I stopped you, Jess, um, I'm just going to read the the last. <laughs> I, will, no, I, will, I will show you the format. This okay. is, so it's three and just cruel is the formatting. Okay. And this is um this is Gaia and Sam sex all of this, okay? So it says uh 3. When Sam looked at Gaia's face, he thought his heart broke for her, but he realized later that it broke for herself, for himself. And then the next part just cruel. This is the part. Heather watched Gaia's face with a disturbing sense of excitement. As full and complex as Guy's expression was in that surreal moment, Heather knew she would never forget it. Heather realized later that she hadn't even looked at Sam's face. Somehow she knew his response without needing to look. At the time, it didn't really matter so much. So this this is just like an excellent view into Heather's character, right? Like in the moment, because like after she runs out, you know, she's upset, whatever. Guy is the one that's crying. Um, Heather is like kind of stoic about it, but like, but, but Heather saw her see her and she, she didn't even look at Sam. So in that moment, she was like a cat with cream, right? She was like, this is, this is my moment. This is my moment here. Um, but she only gets that for a little bit because Sam immediately goes after her, like does not. I be- let me see. Let me see if it if it says, um, yeah, he immediately goes. He's like, sorry, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam had never put on clothes faster. He felt disgusting <laughs> about leaving Heather at such a moment. But he but his more urgent feeling was the need to catch up with Gaia. And what? He had no idea. And he goes to his doorman at the dorm and he goes, did you see a girl come down here, like walk down here? And he goes, a blonde girl sobbing. And he goes, oh, she was crying. crying. Yeah. (laughs) What did you like? Like, granted, he didn't know that she was coming over, but like he knew he knew at least that she was falling for him. And I just I just just. Yes. People being people. People being people. Uh, the twist here. That is not Guy's father. Woo. Uh, the emails. That is not Guy's father. That is her uncle. Twist. Twist. Uh, the Schadenfreude here. I fucking love this. Um, Heather's German mom. Um, Schadenfreude. That is a satisfaction... Um, a satisfaction that you feel when something bad happens to another person. Uh, Germans have a word for everything. That is the word. So we love that. Um, Ed, you mentioned it earlier. Ed getting all dressed up because Heather was mean enough to plant the idea that Gaia might want to have sex with him and him like having his cologne and describing it as smelling like self pity and like he had all his like nice clothes and you know, it's difficult for him to get dressed. It's just like it broke my heart. And he was. <sighs> You can tell, like, he was, he was doubtful, but still hopeful too, because he's like, just in case, just in case. He goes, I might not be able to walk, but everything else works. Everything else works just fine. And Heather talks about it in her POV too. She's like, all his reproductive organs work just fine. Not that I needed to know that. 
Like, but like yeah. they were drilling that in also. Oh, that's also another pun I didn't mean. Sorry. Um, they also were emphasizing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, oh, it was so sad. Um, and then of course we have the end, the big, the big, um, this is Guy's uncle. It's not her father. So Loki, who's her uncle, works with Ella and they have captured Sam. And that is how the book ends. Oh my gosh. That is how the book ends. Okay. So Laura has the whole collection. So, um, what's cool about a lot of these books is that they have, you know, the end of the chapter, the end of the book. You have an excerpt for the next book. But one thing that Laura found that you see on the back of the books that you don't see often anymore, um, is the catch, is the summary of like what is happening in the next book. So Laura, did you want to share what book three is about? Book three. <clears throat> Sam is gone. No, not just gone. Someone has taken him, kidnapped him to get to me. And I only have three hours to find him or Sam is going to die. All because of me. No rules, no limits, no fear. Fearless. Uh, fearless number three is called run. Good thing she doesn't have any fear because now she could go like fuck a bitch up. Yeah. Now she can go get Sam, her man back. Uh, so, yeah, at the end of the like physical copies, they have like a big excerpt. It says like, here is a sneak peek. Here is a sneak peek of Fearless Number Three Run, and it has like you know this this whole section. Um, and then because these are physical copies and these are dated, it has like Alloy.com and like everything <laughs> about Gaia. I wonder if it still exists. I don't know. Gaia had her own website. You could do like a video tour of where like the places that Gaia went to. It was very big, very fun. Uh, so there are, I have to tell you, an absolute ass load of these books. Uh, there are so many and there's also a little spinoff. There was a TV pilot for this with Rachel Lee Cook. Um, uh, it never happened. It, it, it did happen, but it was never like released. It never like, was for public consumption. Well, yeah. So part of the research that we found was, okay, so we know that the books, I know we've drilled it into this episode. These books came out in 99. So Warner Brothers um, got the television production rights in 99 when these books came out. This series was slated for fall 03. Columbia TriStar Television option the television rights for it to go into the CW in fall 2003. Um so I think that's also just like a good timeline to understand what goes into, you know, the timeline for like getting rights. I mean, the same thing happened with uh, Disney Plus with the Children of Blood and Bone. They had the television rights. The legal rights was up, I think, this January. To, I think this either January 2001 or maybe it was 2022. The, the options went out legally and then they got the options back. So that worked out. But I think it's just good for a timeline. However, the pilot was made. It didn't get picked up into a series. Um, One Tree Hill, which I don't know if anybody knows this. That's literally my favorite show of all time. Um, that did take the spot. And nine years later, we still have One Tree Hill stuff. So it worked out for me. <laughs> Not for but I didn't want this. I didn't want this. You didn't want this? I, no, I didn't want this. Uh, I remember when the casting was announced, and Jesse, you and I talked about it before we recorded, like, just like, okay, 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 fine, 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 cool, cool, cool. Uh, is she going to wear a wig? Because being blonde and having that, like, target on you because you're, like, visible and how people treat you is such a, like, key element to the story that, like, not having her be blonde, and in the pilot, she is not, 
uh, you're just like, mm. you can find the pilot online. I didn't know. Apparently, you know, j- pilots are usually the first episode for people who don't know, um, which and you have something called pilot season where people record pilots, but that doesn't necessarily mean studios pick them up. I mean, there's a lot of conversation. Um, if you follow ACOTAR or if you don't know anything about entertainment, please feel free to reach out in our DMs and we can happily give some background to it. Um, but there's still just because you have the first episode pilot made, that doesn't mean that it, you're going to keep it for a whole se- series. And that's what happened here. And through the research that we did, the pilot is available online and Rachel Lee Cook is not blonde. So that completely threw me because it is so essential that Gaia is blonde. It, plays such a key role and also just like and we were saying in the first book how you kind of throw people off when she would have somebody attack her not realizing her skill set and self-defense um same thing with her expectations i mean everybody knows um you know people have um stereotypes when it comes to various you know whether you're a blonde or a brunette or a redhead there's stereotypes that come with your hair color in general and it plays a pivotal role in gaia and um, in her interactions with everybody around her. Yeah, it informs her entire character. So just to like cut that out and start from that, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. My child self was just like, no. Uh, and then it didn't happen. And I was just like, yes. So that that was that was great because <laughs> like the worst possible thing is to have an adaption for something you love done badly. That's like a curse that you yeah. like put on people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you, you put don't, on you don't people. want that. So meh. Um, just do you like these books regardless of the formatting do you like the vibe of the book <laughs> absolutely i wasn't expecting to because after the first book i was just kind of like oh this isn't daughters of the moon which i loved i'm ready to start three and four again but the two kind of hooked it in i think it's because the books are so short that it just feels like a continuation of like one big book not big mm. but you know they're 200 pages each so like one 400-page book, um, and I had a better understanding of what's going on. And now, you know, you feel even more hooked. And granted, Daughters of the Moon, are it's very different also because one's very L.A., very L.A., and this one's very New York. Um, in, in both series, the cities play their own character, which I love. I love. I'm going to L.A. in a couple days. So I think it just depends on the vibe that you're going for, but you could easily go back and forth. Um, Would love to continue to do three and four because I feel like we talk about YA fantasy and sci-fi. This genetic mutation thing, there's something sci-fi-y about it. I don't know what it is, but I also know that Gaia isn't the only one on my own speculations. So it's fun. I don't know what to expect, what the final outcome is going to be. Who knows? I'm just here for the journey. Um, and and it's, it's, a, it's a fun read. You just kind of, but definitely, definitely have to look into getting the, the physical copies because I try, I was two for three, both the audio, both the ebook, and I clearly... <laughs> Yeah, and the physical copies, I I mean, I have them all here, but like, they're small, they are, they are just lovely, pocket size, they are, as you can see, not thick, uh, very fun, and they have a bunch of, you know, all the fun stuff from like old 90s books, Uh, super fun, 
not expensive if you're looking to to pick them up on like eBay or Thrift Books or A Books or I can't think of another one off the top of my head. Booksellers. Okay. Those. Um, <laughs> obviously, I love these books. These were very influential to me. Um, I am all throughout these books. I've picked up little personality traits. Um, they're fantastic. Uh, my husband is Sam. That's not like because of anything. It just ended up that way. And um, Sam Moon, Sam Moon, when I read that when I was a child, I was like, I really like the moon too. Like, this is all like, oh my goodness, you know, all the threads were connecting. <laughs> this is all yeah. connecting. So it was very like, I feel seen kind of situation. Uh, so I really like these books. Um, no diversity in these books. These are from the 90s. Don't go in there looking for that. But there is um, representation. Ed is in a wheelchair. So that is, and it is, I think, you know, having no experience, obviously, um, that is a positive representation. It is not a, um, I don't know, it's not shitty. It didn't make anybody feel shitty. And it is not treated as something that is like glaring. I don't know. It just, for a 90s book, it didn't seem any sort of exploitative in any way. And that is rare. Well, I think the same thing can be said with the diabetes, too. It's like, you know, I have experience with my family, you know, diabetes running in my family. And it's just you learn how to adapt. Yeah. You know, and I didn't think it was, you know, I think I, I and I don't know if the reason it was written the way it was is just to be like, oh, look, here's diabetes representation. You know, I, I don't know what the point of it was. Maybe it'll have something down the line or if it was just, to, you know, just a call to say, like, look everybody's different. Everybody has their own things. That doesn't mean you're not capable of doing things also. I don't know. I don't know. I point you in a direction. And this is just from every single crime show I've ever seen in my life. Uh, diabetics need oh, what? And Sam something. has been insulin. I just, uh, yeah. And they, and she has three hours. And yeah, I just like, that's why I guess. The connections. Like, the connections. Right? <laughs> like, it's, it's there. They're, see, and we just made the, the, they're super fun. They're super fun. Would recommend. Uh, don't go in expecting for like gold, but they are unique. It's, they're unique books. Yeah. I don't feel, I don't, I, I can't, I don't know. I wonder what the equivalent of these would be. Like of a Francine Pascal book, what would the equivalent to that be today? Someone please tell us. Do Someone they exist? please tell us. Let us know. Yeah. yeah, I would love to know. What's the serials now? That would be interesting to know because I know obviously everybody talks about Sarah J. Mass and Throne of Glass was a YA series. But these are, we're saying. These like, are different. Uh, these are different. These are 200 page pocket book, like pocket. I say like maybe it's like three by five size book yeah, that you can small. put in your pocket. Um, very short, very thin. Um, this, the series has 35, the series alone. And so, yeah, it's less than, it's the size of Laura's cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it'd just be interesting to know what would the equivalent of that be today? Yeah, let us know because we know it's not what boxcar kids. It's not. It's not the Hardy Boys. Oh my God, it's I not forgot the Hardy about Boys. those. It's not Babysitters Club. It's not Sweet Valley High. Yeah, but those are but Goosebumps, Nancy Drew, like all the Goosebumps. Oh, so quick, quick books like that. Someone, yeah. someone, let us know what what are the kids reading nowadays? <laughs> oh my God, we're so. What are the kids reading nowadays? Because we would really like to know. So hello, fellow, hello, kids, fellow kids. To quote Ben Barnes. But on that note, please feel free to join us on Instagram. We're at Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. Thanks so much. And we look forward to if you feel kind to leave a positive review on any of your social listening platforms, we'd be greatly appreciated.
Talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.